Good morning, and thank you for joining us in this celebration of God's presence, his love for us in Jesus Christ, and all that he has done, is doing, and will yet do in our lives, both as individuals, as families, and as a community that we call Brentwood Baptist Church. We are glad you are part of our online service and uh, participating with us this way. We are gradually kind of adding back things on Sunday morning as we respond to the news on how the pandemic is working and not working and all of that. So pay attention to the website, pay attention to the usual uh, streams of communication and and find a place where you can safely re-engage as you feel uh, comfortable doing so. We'll look forward to the day that all of us are back. But until then, we'll be patient and we'll hang in there. Thank you for being patient uh, with us. You know, one of the things that's happened in the pandemic is that uh, we've had a lot of love and togetherness. Uh, People have not been able to go to work. People have not been able to go to school. Uh, People haven't been able to travel. So they have been stuck at home with each other. Two grown adults in a couple of hundred square feet, three grown adults in a couple of hundred square feet, two adults, two children, two adults, three children, two adults and in-laws and children home from on and on the list goes. We've just had enough of love and togetherness. (laughs) How long is too long for someone to stay? How long before a visit becomes an imposition? How long before, oh, I'm so glad they're here, changes to when will they ever leave? You know, that's the same problem that a lot of us have with Jesus, isn't it? We don't mind if he comes to visit. In fact, we look forward to our weekly time together when we can chat and catch up on things. It's those times when Jesus wants to stay. Yeah, that's what the village found out when Jesus healed the demon-possessed man. Let's pick up the story here as Luke tells us this story in Luke chapter 8. And we'll begin reading with verse 26. And they sailed, the disciples and Jesus sailed to the region of the Gerizines, which is on the opposite side of the Sea of Galilee. And when he got out on land, a demon-possessed man from the town met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not stay in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell on his face before him, and said in a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of this man, and many times it had seized him. And though he was guarded, bound by chains and shackles, he would snap the restraints and be driven by the demon into the deserted places. What is your name? Jesus asked. Legion, he said, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to banish them to the abyss. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged begged Jesus to permit them to enter the pigs, and he gave them permission. The demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. 
And when the men who were tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported it to the town and in the countryside. And the people came out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man who had had the demons. With the demons departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Meanwhile, the eyewitnesses reported to them how the demon-possessed man had been delivered. And then all the people of the Gerizine region asked Jesus to leave them because they were gripped by a great fear. So getting into the boat, Jesus returned. And the man who had had the demons departed, who had had the demons departed from him, begged Jesus to go with him. But Jesus sent him away and said, no, you go home. Go home and tell all that God has done for you. And off he went, proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus had done for him. No, you go home and you tell everyone how much God has done for you. And off he went, telling everyone what Jesus had done. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, there is so much going on in this story. We can only imagine the shouting and the loud voices and your calm, strong spirit in the middle of it. So we pray, Father, that that same presence will be in the midst of all of us, that you will calm the storm of our, all the voices within us, that you will give our minds and hearts peace that we, like this man, can leave this moment telling everybody what you have done for us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. <laughs> All right, now let's see if we got this story straight. We've got Jesus and his disciples. We've got the man who had been tormented by demons sitting with Jesus. We've got the people from the town who have come out to see what's going on. We've got the farmers and the other eyewitnesses, people who happen to be in the area, also there telling everybody, nobody waiting their turn, what they had seen happen, what had happened to the pigs. We've got all of this commotion going on. Plus, we have all of the bodies of the dead pigs floating just offshore. This must have been an interesting moment. And when it all settled down, and when it all got quiet, when the village leaders looked at Jesus and looked at the man who they knew, they knew this man. They knew the kind of trouble he was, the kind of torment he had been, the kind of harassment that he had brought to their village and all the times that they had arrested him and all the times they had tied him up and all the times that he had broken free how he had terrorized that area. They knew him. And there he was sitting with Jesus in his right mind. And it scared them. It scared them so much that they asked Jesus to leave. 
Now you're thinking, same thing I thought. When you read the story, you think, why in the world, after you have seen such a powerful movement of God, why aren't you bringing everybody to be healed? Why don't you go give everybody who is sick in your village, everybody who is in the area, say, come, we've seen the man who has done what we thought could never be done. Surely he can help you. Why aren't you going to do that? Why do you ask Jesus to leave? They were afraid, is what Luke tells us. And they were. To see this man who had been tormented so mightily, they, there was no getting around what they had witnessed. Was such an awesome, powerful movement of God, they couldn't stand anymore. They didn't want anymore. See, see, if Jesus stays long enough, he messes up your status quo. Now, all of us have been through a lot of trouble trying to arrange our world in ways that we like it. We have all of our friends assigned to their boxes. We put all of our friends in their cubbyholes where they, where they uh, belong. We've got smart friends. We've got funny friends. We've got strong friends. We've got spiritual friends. These are the people we call when we need a lot of prayer. We've got crazy friends. And everybody knows who the crazy one is. You see, there's a lot of safety, isn't there? A lot of security in knowing who the crazy one is. Everybody in the village can say, hey, there's the crazy guy. It's not you. But what happens when the crazy guy gets healed? Then who takes his place? You see, anytime we read a story of demonic possession, a lot of us blow it off. We say, well, this was probably some man who had mental illness. And there are times when from the context of the story, you can say, you can see that the people were assigning demonic activity to what would have been an illness. We understand that. Uh, there are other times when we see it could have been some kind of emotional or mental distress. We understand that, but here's something we don't understand. There is a presence of evil in the world that we don't want to recognize. We don't want to give credence to. And this evil is so dark, it literally rearranges the brains and the thinking of people who are caught up in it. I have had discussions with people about a particular issue and they're totally irrational. Not only are they irrational, they are irrational and angry to the point of violence. You gotta have a conversation like that with somebody and you look in their eyes and there is no light. This man understood that he was possessed. This man understood that there were so many people inside of him and so many voices inside his head that he called himself Legion. Legion wasn't his name. It was a nickname that he gave himself. I am the crowd. There are so many people in me. 
I can't tell up from down. I can't tell right from wrong. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I belong. Legion. They want Jesus to leave because he's messing with their status quo. You see, we don't mind if Jesus comes and visits. We don't mind if he drops in every now and then and does a little miracle or helps us here or helps us get through that. We just don't want him to stay because when he stays, he starts messing with your status quo. He starts rearranging not only the guy who was demon-possessed, he starts changing the whole village, and we'd just rather not have that happen. You know, Jesus went home to Nazareth, and there is this incredibly painful sentence at the end of the story. The gospel writer says this, he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. The people who knew him best, the people who had watched him grow up, they did not believe that he was the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God, and they never released him to do anything in their village. Some of us would just rather be left alone than have Jesus mess with our status quo. And, and, you know, that's an interesting response from this guy, isn't it, from Legion? Jesus comes up on the shore, and when Jesus gets out of the boat onto the shore, this man's waiting on him, and this man's screaming at him, why have you come here? What do you want to do to me? I know who you are. Please don't hurt me. Sometimes Jesus gets so close, it hurts. Sometimes what he has to do in your life for you to be healed hurts. Our son was 12 years old and he had an emergency appendectomy because the emergency surgery was done on Sunday. They let us back in the recovery room. He was the only patient recovering from surgery that day. Rolling back to surgery, I had calmed him. I said, listen, this is, this is routine, man. This guy's good at it. It's, it's done with robots, so don't worry about it. Piece of cake. <laughs> so we go back to the recovery room. My son looks at me and sees me coming across the room, and he slides the oxygen mask over to the side of his face. I lean down. I think, we're going to have this great father-son moment, right? <laughs> and my son looks at me and says, you lied to me. Yeah, I, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we had to get you back for surgery. Didn't want you worried. Yeah, having your appendix taken out, it hurts a little bit. I'm sorry. But not having it taken out would have hurt much worse. There are moments in our lives that are still raw. They're still bleeding. They're still painful. And it scares you to death, not when anybody touches them, but when someone gets close to it. And Jesus comes, steps out of his boat onto the shore of your life, and you're saying, don't hurt me. I don't know if I can do this, Jesus. And Jesus will heal that moment, and it will hurt when he does it. Because to be healed from this moment, you're going to have to forgive somebody.
you're going to have to let something go. And that will hurt. The healing will be worth it. But it will hurt first. Some of you are listening to me right now, and you know the moment in your life when you did that one stupid thing that you don't think you'll ever get over. In fact, just thinking about it right now hurts you. Something happened in your past. Somebody did something to you. And it hurts you just to remember it. And you're thinking, I'll never tell anybody about this. I don't want Jesus near this. Some of you have let it tie your life up so, so, so badly that it has become a reason that you live. You live for the pain. That's how upside down your world is. And Jesus comes to heal that. Did you notice what Jesus told the man at the end of the story? Did you see that? Now get the story. Jesus and his disciples are getting into the boat and this man's following Jesus, right? This is what you want, somebody to follow Jesus. And this man's trying to get into the boat. He's getting his leg up. He's trying to step over the boat. And the other disciples are looking at him going, I I don't know where you're going to sit. Everybody's got a place. And finally, Jesus puts his hand on this man and says, no, I want you to go home. You know, the last place this man wanted to go was home. These are the people who had chained him up. These were the people who had beat him. These were the people who had taunted him. These were the people who had run him out of town. These are the people who hated him. I don't want to go back home. I want to go with you. Some of you think that you can get better if you run far enough away. But for most of us, For most of us, the command will be, go home. Now, yes, there are those among us who are called to go to different cultures, different countries, different places around the world, but the vast majority of us will be called to go home. Why? Two reasons. One, part of your healing, part of your salvation journey is to go home and be healed of what happened. Restore relationships that have been lost. Engage again with people that you have been angry at. Restore what has been messed up. That's part of your healing. Second, the one thing nobody can argue with is the power of a changed life. Over and over again, we hear it, we see it and and hear about it in the scripture. Uh, Peter and John are are in front of the religious leaders. They're being tried for what they're preaching about Jesus. And the religious leaders conclude this. One, these guys aren't real smart. But we do know they've been with Jesus. Later in that same story, a man who had been lame is healed. And in all of the commotion, The gospel writer says this one sentence, and the man who had been lame for 40 years was standing right there. John tells us a story about a blind man who was healed, and when he is challenged by the religious authorities, he simply says, the only thing I know is I was blind, and now I can see. I was blind, 
and now I can see. I want you to go home. I want you to go home, and I want you to tell everybody what God has done for you. It's a simple outline of a testimony. This is who I was. This is what Jesus did. This is who I am now. Every time we talk about evangelism, I get a lot of notes from you going, we need more training, we need more uh, techniques, we need more uh, classes, we need more. No, this is who I was. This is what Jesus did. This is who I am now. You do have that story, don't you? You do have that story of who you used to be, what Jesus did, and who you are now. You, you have that story. You don't? Well, then no amount of training will help. You need to meet Jesus. And like the man Legion, you need to stay with Jesus until all of you is healed. So you can have the story. This is who I was. This is what Jesus did. This is who I am now. Go home. Tell everyone what God's done for you. Let's pray together. May our healing be complete. So that there's no area of our life, no time in our past that is still bleeding, still infected. But we're whole through your grace, and through your power. That we can leave this moment celebrating what you've done in our lives. Eager to tell people, this is who I was. This is who I am now. And this is what Jesus has done for me. And we pray this in your name. Amen. There's nothing as powerful as the testimony of a changed life. And we would love for you to have that testimony. We would love for you to be one of those whose lives have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more about that, just text CONNECT to 623-623 and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. If you want to know more about us, Brentwood Baptist Church, or where you can fit in, we'd love to have that conversation. Text CONNECT to 623-623, and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you for joining us on this Lord's Day. Thank you for being part of our service. And I pray for you and your family, God's richest blessings. I'll see you next time.